You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. The Night Before by Regards Alexandra on AO3. Chapter 1 The Library. She's fidgeting, debating whether or not she can pull a quick getaway. She can't. She can't because to run now would be ridiculously stupid on so many levels. She's on the brink of getting everything she's ever wanted and then some, and the funniest part of it all is that no one has any idea. She walks along the stairs, stepping up and then back down as she locks and unlocks her phone, watching the little pin move on the map. It's ridiculous that she's tracking his movements like this, when she knows where he's going. She shoots her son a quick text, checking in with him before she goes back to the map. The pin isn't moving, but he's nearby. She spins around, phone clutched in her palm as she sees him, stepping out of the large black SUV, his jacket and hoodie stretched across his ridiculously toned and sculpted chest. He's aged, just like she has. She glances around and drops her hand to her side the one clutching the phone still held against her chest as she approaches him in between the NYPL lions. He's meeting her in the middle. She glances over at Fortitude before glancing back to Elliot. Detective, she greets as she draws closer, a smirk growing on her face. She was stupid for thinking about running. She doesn't want to run. Not as she stands here in front of him, the damn twinkle in his eye. He doesn't acknowledge her greeting. Instead, he looks down at her, a small quirk of his lips at the title she preferred to use, rather than his actual name. Isn't it bad luck to see your future husband the night before your wedding, Captain? He pauses, hands stuffed in his jacket. Some old superstition? She breathes out a small chuckle. Not one for superstitions, detective. He hums, confusion knit on his features. Why'd you ask me here, tonight? Well, I figured meeting in front of a public institution at 10 p.m. under the guise of passing off information regarding a case of pre-wedding jitters would be permissible, and I just, I needed to see you, physically see you. His features soften as he rocks back and forth, nodding ever so slightly. Central Park tomorrow, huh? Yeah, I'll see you there, under the cherry blossoms. The flush in her cheeks intensifies. Thank you for coming here tonight. He steps slightly closer to her, looking into her dark eyes as he smiles even broader. I always knew you liked pretty things. Is that why the cherry blossoms? Olivia shrugs, a gentle smile on her lips. I like them because of what they represent in certain cultures. Renewal and optimism, she answers, tucking her phone in the pocket of her jacket. But her eyes travel up and down his body, her tongue darting out to lick along her lip. Well, then again, I do love pretty things. He smirks, his hands fidgeting deeper in his pockets as he fights the urge to reach out and tuck the wayward strand of her brown hair behind her ear. Tomorrow. He can touch her tomorrow. Tomorrow when she'll be his, 
he'll be hers, as they always should have been, as they always were. I love pretty things, too. She backs up, smiling. Yeah, she's not going to run. Maybe. Tomorrow, don't try to keep your hands to yourself. He backs up, eyes still trained on her as she shakes her head, grin on her face. I don't plan on it, but then again, I'm a patient man when it comes to you. His eyes flicker to look at the other lion on the south steps. See you tomorrow, Captain. Don't forget, 3.30. She points at him, turning on her heel. Don't worry. Hey, Cap. She pauses, turning back around to look at him, her head tilting to the side. You look beautiful, by the way. He backs up as he says it. She practically beams, turning around and waving her hand in the air. Night Detective. Chapter 2. The Park. She's pacing back and forth because her nerves are getting the best of her. Carisi sits on the bench in front of her, his ankles crossed over his knee as his foot dances in the air, a smirk on his face. Would you relax, Cap? I'm so damn nervous, Carisi. Her hands are clasped behind her back as her heels click against the pavement. She paces like a caged lioness, and Dominic thought he'd seen it all until he saw this. She's been hiding a lot of things from a lot of people for a few months, but it was nothing in comparison to the secrets she'd tucked away in her heart from the years she'd been partners with the man they were currently waiting on. She unclasps her hands, checking her watch. He'll be here, Cap. He's got to stop off and pick up his mom, right? She nods, chewing on her bottom lip. Yeah, he's bringing Bernie and Noah. All right, relax, Carisi chuckles. This is your day, and you're doing it on your terms. She nods. Elliot walks into the building, stopping only to read the information on the board just inside the door. He's on a mission to go retrieve someone else that he thinks should be there for Olivia, her family. Actually, it had been Carisi who had suggested it when he'd gone to play basketball last Saturday. Elliot, Carisi, Velasco, and Jamie all had made it a weekly thing to shoot some hoops, and the friendly competition between the SVU detective and attorney and organized crime detectives was actually good to let off steam. Elliot liked the attorney, which was a feat because normally he hated attorneys. When Dominic had mentioned he'd been in Liv's unit when she was a lieutenant, it made sense. He was just one of the guys. But when the other two detectives had left last weekend... Elliot had asked Carisi if he would marry him and live, and keep it quiet because they wanted it to be just theirs, like their quiet conversations, their lunch dates, their dinner dates, the first kiss they'd shared after visiting the hot dog cart on Columbus Circle they used to stop at all the time, their handholds as they'd walk through the park at night. Carisi said he'd be honored. And he promised not to tell but had said something about maybe just surprising her with the people who mean the most when they decided to do it, to get married. It was a little unconventional, but then again, they'd always been a little unconventional. Getting married without having disclosed their relationship. Getting married without living together, yet. They were doing it all backwards. But they'd had 12 years of walking side by side and getting to know one another. They'd had quiet, emotionally devastating conversations at night on her couch, 
in her kitchen and on FaceTime. They'd made space and time for one another, and she'd been the one to ask if he would marry her. He'd said yes without hesitation. They'd figure out the rest of it all later. Sharing your life with another person didn't have to be defined by traditional relationships. They wanted to share their lives together, and that was that. She wanted someone to rely on when she couldn't be there for her son, and so far, Elliot hadn't disappointed her in the slightest when she'd been in a pinch. He smiles. He's going to be her partner for life, just like she's his. Coming to the door, he opens it to find Amanda Carisi sitting there, her hand on her swollen bump and a smile on her face as she appears lost in thought. Amanda? Elliot's surprised to find her very pregnant. Amanda laughs, shaking her head as she stands up. Stabler? <laughs> Your husband sent me. He thinks Liv is being ridiculous. What's going on? How can I help? Elliot reaches for her bag, bracing his hand on her elbow. His voice drops slightly as he looks into her bright eyes. She's glowing, and he always had a soft spot for pregnant women. She didn't mention you were pregnant, for one. Amanda looks guilty. I didn't tell her, and I told Sonny not to say anything either. I didn't want to jinx it. Elliot nods. My wife was over 40 and pregnant with our last one. As for what she's doing, we're getting married, and I think your family should be there. Your husband is doing the hitching. Amanda grins, laughing. Did y'all get that hotel room? Elliot stops, confused in the doorway, hanging onto her bag and the papers she'd grabbed on her way out the door. What? His ears turn bright red as she laughs. Nothing. Don't worry about it, Stabler. Lead the way. Kathleen pulls her bag closer to her side as she walks along the path with a large grin on her face. Her father had texted her a time and place and said to be there. No excuses. You're going to want to be there and she'd been confused until she'd been at lunch with her grandmother, and Bernie had whispered to her, in the usually conspiratorial manner she did with Kathleen, that your father and his partner are getting hitched, Katie. She immediately called her father. Grandma wasn't so crazy. Bernie had been pretty pleased with herself. Elizabeth and Richard had come to the conclusion on the drive over, and both had dissolved into laughter. Maureen, she had sighed and shrugged, accepting the fact that their mother and father had loved one another, but there was always something more natural about their father and Olivia. Eli? He'd complained that maybe when he asked their father if there's anyone special in his life, that he should be more forthcoming with them just as they are him. But he likes that he's not going to be the youngest anymore, that someone wants to put up with their dad, he deserves to be happy and live. She makes everyone happy. She's patient, extremely patient. She's soft-spoken and yet carries herself with a confidence that anyone in her presence admires. She told him the story of his birth one day, a few weeks ago, and when she'd finished, he could tell she loved him. She loved him and all his siblings, and she loved his dad. He knows she's a good person. She gives second chances, and she loves with every fiber of her being. Eli had told her he loved her a week ago, and it made her cry, but then she'd given him a big hug 
and whispered that she loved him too, as though he were her own, and she didn't want to replace his mother, but she'd always be there for him. He knows afterward is when she'd asked their dad to marry her, to make it a little more permanent, to combine their families, and be one big team. She actually asked his dad if they could be partners for life, and had given a very pointed look. His father had agreed immediately. He turns to look at Kathleen. Donald Cragen had gotten the phone call last night around 11 p.m. Elliot had stumbled and stuttered and apologized for the last-minute notice, but had told him time and place and had mentioned that he needed to be there, to see it to believe it. And because he was the closest thing to a father she'd ever had, he felt it was only right. He apologized that he didn't get a chance to ask permission and then explained that she'd been the one to propose. Don had laughed because, of course, she had. He'd agreed immediately. Odafin Tutuola walked down the pathway, his sunglasses perched on the end of his nose as he approached his boss and the ADA on the bench. She was bouncing her leg up and down nervously when she saw him. She immediately jumped up. Finn, who'd you leave in charge? Why are you here? A birdie mentioned that I needed to be here, and I don't ignore direct orders. He shrugged. I left Bruno in charge. God knows he's good at babysitting. She laughed, tears along her lower lashes, as she walked forward and gave him a hug. You're just going to do us all like that? Get hitched without mentioning it? That's cold. Ice cold. She laughs, and as she looks over his shoulder, she sees Elliot's kids. She knew they were coming, but at the rear, what she wasn't expecting to see, Don Cragen escorting Bernie. Captain? She asks, confused for a moment before he smiles and directs Bernie to the bench before walking over to her and squeezing her arms beneath his fingers. How do you... That partner of yours, he decided that you shouldn't do this without your family. She takes a steadying breath nodding as a slight breeze blows through the trees. Suddenly, Carisi stands, and she watches as he approaches two people, her, Elliot, and Amanda. A very pregnant Amanda. Her eyes widen. Amanda Carisi, we've spoken how many times, and you haven't mentioned this? She motions to her belly. You look beautiful. Olivia turns to Sonny, slapping him on the arm. You didn't mention it. Well, Liv, you didn't mention this. Amanda points at Stabler. But he's a good one. Wanted your family to be here for you. I gotta say he's a thoughtful one. You look happy. It's nice to see, Olivia Benson. Olivia nods, pulling her friend in for a hug. They do it. Get married beneath the cherry blossom, surrounded by their family. A surrogate father watching his two people who had been tossed together by chance finally became the type of partners that the universe always wanted them to be. Two people who had found, lost, and found one another again. Two people who brought out the best parts of one another, forced each other to grow, change their perceptions, question everything. He watched them grow apart, watched her survive things that others would have folded into. He watched the man come back, broken and confused, searching for answers and losing his way. And now, 
He knew without a doubt that the man had found his way again, that he'd be okay. A mother watches her son looking at his partner as though she were the answer, the light, the everything he'd been searching for, and she knows that one day, when she's long gone, he'll be more than okay. Children who had been loved and protected by the woman when she didn't have to watched their father's eyes fill with tears as the ghosts of the missed years find no home in the space between them. They know, without a doubt, that they're gaining something here today by witnessing this. Their family isn't broken. It never was. There were always three parents for them, and now, now it's just legal. Odafin Tutuola smiles, because as much of a pain in the ass and complete bulldog Sabler is, he knows that Elliot would protect and love his friend, Olivia, and her son, Noah, until his dying breath. He knows that the two of them would take a bullet for one another, and that despite everything, there are just some people meant for one another. He laughs when they finally kiss, because somewhere in the sky, John Munch is gloating. Noah Benson watches because finally, he knows what his mother looks like when she's helplessly in love. And it gives him hope, because she's so happy that sometimes it's contagious. And his eyes travel to the man staring at her after their kiss. He smiles too, because Elliot has made his mother happy. She deserves to be happy. And she has been. Noah looks around at all of Elliot's kids. They have a real family now. As the breeze blows through the trees, Olivia Benson turns to look at everyone surrounding them, and for the first time, she can't stop smiling. She's got a very pretty family. Elliot can't stop staring at her or holding her hand. She's everything to him, to his family, and now, now she is his family. Her and Noah will never have to question whether they belong somewhere ever again. A few months ago, he'd thought he'd lost her. He didn't like endings, but with a great deal of patience, she'd given him a chance. Given them a chance, and now, well, now, he's got a very happy beginning. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>